This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata, and then one of my favorites who I normally talk to in the offseason after the Senior Bowl, the NFL Draft, is uh, Executive Director of the Senior Bowl, Jim Nagy. Jim, what's going on? Uh, not too much, Lindsey. Good to be on. I've, I've never done a podcast from my truck before, but here we go. That's a little surprising because I know you do plenty of interviews and you're busy. You're getting senior bowl stuff together. You're going to have to do interviews all over the place. So this isn't too surprising to be doing one from a car. And I usually don't do it in a t-shirt either, but uh, as long as you're good with it, then uh, let's, let's do it. You are good to go. And I'm going to back it up just a little bit. We're going to talk a senior bowl draft class. Some of the guys, the Bengals were able to draft in this 2023 class, but 2020 always stands out for me personally. And I want to say, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, the Cincinnati Bengals coaching staff, they were around for a couple of those seasons early in 2020. um, And they were able to see some of the players out there. I think of the linebacker room, Logan Wilson, Akeem Davis Gaither, Hakeem Adeniji. Uh, what, do you remember that class and kind of just working with the Bengals staff in the Senior Bowl during that time? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, those guys, uh, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd never really known Zach Taylor before. I knew Duke. Um, I knew Duke Tobin pretty well and Mike Potts, but uh, really working with those guys uh, made me a Bengals fan, honestly. Like, those guys are great. Uh, I think that was my second, my second Senior Bowl down here. So, um, you know, you never know what you're going to get. You never know what staff you're going to get. Um, but those guys are – great to work with really low maintenance yeah that linebacker room it's it's you know wilson and then pratt too uh davis gaither and pratt um but no they were great to work with you know because once we we start losing players um you know inevitably agents will pull guys that think are going to be first round picks like right leading into the game so then you're i was calling duke and, and potsy and, and working through that and adding players because once we get the, the staffs on board i really want to involve the teams that are on board with us um you know and then having zach down here sometimes with head coaches um you know they they sometimes tend to be higher on the maintenance scale i'll just put it that way um but man zach is such a grounded good dude um and to this day like whenever they draft a senior bowl guy um you know i'll, I'll text him or he'll text me and uh just a really i guess unaffected is probably the best word you guys know him much better than i do and, and having a working relationship with him but uh just a really unaffected head coach and there's not many of those these days What's the Senior Bowl been like over, I mean, even the last, I would say, two to three years, do you see the growth continue with some of these players and just the, the game overall? Yeah, it's, it's, gotten, it's gotten easier, um, you know, in terms of recruiting these guys. And, and, again, the thing that was crazy when I took the job, um, Senior Bowl's been a great game forever, right? Like we've had 188 first-round picks or whatever it is since 2000, and, and Phil Savage, my predecessor, uh, did an awesome job. But, um, you know, one of the – people in the agent community told me they're like, Jim, like not enough players know about your game right now. You know, they get the invite and they don't really know what to do with it, which, which was crazy to me. So, um, you know, that's why we've really done everything we can on social media to, to, uh, you know, stay a year round presence. Uh, we, you know, 365, like I'm trying to post something on a, a prospect for next year, every day, a couple times a day on these guys just to, uh, so they know about us, you know, we'll tag the players. And, um, and again, I think that, Schools are making a bigger deal out of it now uh, when they get when they give the invites out. So, like, we, you know, right now, um, our first year, those guys were like seniors in high school or, or, or true freshmen that are now fifth year seniors. So uh, they've seen all the good players in their program go before them. And now they're, they're excited to uh, get the invite. And 
Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of built on itself, which is which has been nice. Is there uh, speaking of year round? I'm sure you're currently watching guys that you might invite. Is there anybody that you're? Well, I don't want to jinx it, but anybody you're hoping takes the invite? I think of uh, Penn State's uh, Olu. I can't think of his full name, but he was probably like a top ten pick. Went back. He's a senior now, I think. So that'd be a cool one if you're able to pull that. There, man. He's uh, and he's really young. I think he's going to be like a twenty year old rookie um, if he comes out. He might only be nineteen still. Really young guy. Um, and not close to the finished product yet, but what he's got, he's got really strong hands. Um, you know, I don't know if he's uh, like an elite athlete for left tackle, but uh, he's really sound for a guy that's young and he's, and he's, re- he's got really strong mitts. When he gets his hands on you, it's over. So, um, yeah, that's for sure. He's, he's, he's near the top of the board um, in our offensive line category. Um, there's like him and a couple other guys right now that are, that are way up there. So, yeah, we'd love to get him. Offensive line, maybe the Bengals will be looking at that going into next offseason when it comes to the right side of the line. But I want to go with this current 2023 Senior Bowl class and some of the guys the Bengals were able to pick. And running back Chase Brown, he's really exciting because a lot of people have talked about Joe Mixon, the run game for the Cincinnati Bengals this offseason. What is it going to look like when they move on from Samaj P. Ryan as their RB2? And Chase Brown had a really cool story and learned a lot about him from the NFL Network pieces. Uh, what did you think about Chase Brown and your time around him? Well, Chase and Sydney both, uh, you know, unfairly probably lump them together, you know, being twins. But uh, from the minute they got off the bus, um, they made an immediate impact on me. I, I try to stay down. Um, by the room where we start our registration process um, at the player hotel and, and greet all those guys when they come off the bus. And man, the Brown brothers immediately, there was just something about them, you know, kind of a, a magnetic quality to both those guys. Um, yeah, special guys. They've overcome a lot. Um, they're very mature. They're very, um, they're ready to go. You know, I think, I think I've already, I've already heard great things about Chase up there and, and talking to the guys in Philly, I guess Sydney's off to a great start out there. So um, you know, teams team to you know teams tend to wait at running back right now. So, you know, I had a feeling Chase would go in that third, fourth round type area. Um, but yeah, I mean, you look at a lot of a lot of teams are getting starters at that position right now. Um, we're getting ready to honor our, our 2022 Rookie of the Year, which is Damian Pierce uh, from the Houston Texans. Damian was like just under a thousand yards last year, and he missed the last four games of the season. I mean, the guy would have bet you know he was on track for about a 12 or 1300 yard year, and they got him in the fourth round. So. Yeah, I mean, Chase is going to be mixing. I don't know what year this is for Joe, but, you know, he's been in the league a while. Um, and, and to me, Chase is going to be a really good change of pace guy. He can play in all three downs. And like I, you still got my guy Chris Evans up there. So, uh, you know, to do good things in the past game and play on special teams. So, um, yeah, man, I, lo- I love the fit for I love the fit for Chase. Um, he's going to stay close to close to Champaign there in the Midwest um, and play and play with Joe Burrow and those guys. What an what a what an exciting opportunity for, for a guy like Chase. I love Damian Pierce coming out. Just didn't refuse to go down, and it's been yeah. awesome with the Texans too. Nobody's watching, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, ask about the want to ask about the sixth round guy, Andre Yoshivas. Uh, exciting, a little bit unknown. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about him? Because he went to Princeton. Not easy to watch those games. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so Andre, we had him in the same area of the board um, the year before as we did Christian Watson uh, from North Dakota State. I thought those guys were, were similar players. I thought uh, Andre caught it a little better, was a little more natural catcher than, than Christian Watson. I thought, you know, Christian was a little more explosive. 
Um, but that being said, he was an easy guy for us to invite because he, he was a small school player, right? And, uh, you know, part of what we do is, is try to bring small school guys to really let the NFL finish the evaluation. Um, you know, if it's close between a small school guy and a, a power five or a, a bigger school player, we'll always defer with the smaller school guy to help the, the NFL guys get their evals. So, um, no, and he, and, he was, and he was a safe guy for us because he had the height, weight, speed. He had all the tools, had all the measurables. We knew he was going to test well, right, because he's the two-time NCAA heptathlon champ. So we weren't worried about, like, a bad combine performance, which can happen with some of these guys and force them down, down the board after we have our game. Um, so we knew about all that stuff. And then just getting Andre um, to Mobile, I'll say this. He was, like, one of my wife's favorite guys that she got to meet. Like, we met, we met Andre and his – and his girlfriend, or I don't know if she's the fiance yet, but uh, not sorry, Andre, if you haven't proposed, but if you, if you haven't done that yet, but uh, but my wife, we spent we spent all the time with him in the lobby one night, just hanging out with him, and, and my wife loved him. So he again, squared away guy. Um, you move from Hawaii to New Jersey as a as a 17, 18 year old kid, and only get to go home once a year. Um, there's a maturity about that, right? And and again, the rigors of an Ivy League education and, and doing two sports. Um, there's a ton of upside. I mean, this guy's never really focused on football because of the track. Um, so there's a lot of areas where you get really excited about what Andre could be two or three years down the road when he fully gets to commit himself. And, and again, like the maturity component, you know, he's going to be squared away. He's just, uh, like Ivy league guy that, that, uh, you know, has always taken care of his business. You mentioned Duke Tobin and then obviously Zach Taylor, and it feels like you had that connection with Duke Tobin, probably having plenty of conversations in the offseason after or before the Senior Bowl. You you know about what people think of the Bengals front office from years ago and, and the moves that they've really started to make free agency. You see in the NFL draft class. What do you think overall when you think of the changes in Cincinnati outside of, hey, they have Joe Burrow and they have a lot of talent on the offense and defensive side of the ball? Well, you know, quite, quite honestly, Lindsay, um, you know, working in the league in, in scouting, you always kind of took a hard edge towards the Bengals organization, honestly, um, because they only had, you know, there was years where they would have like two or three full-time scouts, um, you know, and you're like, what are, what are they doing? You know, like, why, why don't they value the profession more? Um, so it's been great that they've, you know, let Duke take the reins there and he's done an awesome job. And, and frankly, Mike Potts doesn't get enough credit. Um, that dude is a really good at what he does, you know, for, for a younger, younger type guy. And, and Duke's been getting a lot of love and deservedly. So Duke's great at what he does. And, and uh, you know, but Potsy and there, there's some other guys in that, that department and they've grown it, you know, to their credit, they've grown it. Um, and I think you've seen better drafts because of it. And uh, no, they, they do a great job and you, you get a Joe Burrow. Um, it fixes a lot of things. It makes a lot of, it makes a lot of the other pieces look better. So uh so, yeah, they're in a great spot. I mean, their window is wide open to win. I mean, as long as Joe's there and they can just keep adding, you know, adding, adding to what Joe does, their window's wide, wide open. It's June, early June. There's really no off season for you. You're really going to be getting started when college football season uh, gets here in no time. What's next for you? How do you build the roster for next year's bowl? Yeah, we've been working on it since uh, our scouting assistants have been on this class since like late December, early January. It's year on process. Um, I just started jumping in right before the draft. I usually wait till we get through a year's draft, but I got kind of antsy this year and I started watching a few guys. Um, but that's what we're in the process of right now. Like we just did a scout school for former NFL players, uh, wrapped that up the last three days. So that's that's been a little bit of my focus as well. And then we've got our 
our Hall of Fame and charity golf event um, at the end of June, which we're, we're kind of focused on now, too. But, you know, in between there, I'm, we're watching a bunch of guys. I'm basically through the quarterbacks, tight ends, um, a good chunk of the wideouts and running backs. And, and uh, we got some offensive line done today and then uh, trying to get through that the next few weeks and then focus January and the beginning of August on defense. So um, it's going to be fast. It's going fast. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're, we're ahead of the game. We're trying. Like I said, no off season for you. I know you guys are really busy. Uh, one of my favorite things, I'm, I'm going to add this in here before we let you go. It really feels like over the last few years, a lot of Bearcats connections to the Senior Bowl. Do you have any players that you've been really excited to see over the last couple of years and, and um, have joined the Senior Bowl? Yeah, we've had a we've had a bunch. Um, I You know, I love Des Ritter. I think I'm excited to see what he's going to do this year down there. I'm glad they gave him another year. I think he earned that. I think he earned that over the final month. Um, I think we saw the Philadelphia Eagles really get rewarded by giving Jalen Hurts another year after that one year as a starter. And, you know, after that one year, a lot of Philly fans weren't having it. They, they wanted the Eagles to go draft somebody. And, and uh, obviously Howie Roseman and those guys were rewarded. And, and hopefully, hopefully does, you know, can do similar things, maybe not to that level, but at least take a nice step forward and, and show that he's the long-term guy. Uh, you know, you, you've, you've now we've, we've had a bunch. I mean, that, 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 that Bearcats team from a couple of years ago, I mean, shoot, we had Maje Sanders and, um, you know, Kobe Bryant and gosh, I mean, on and on. I think we had five or six guys that year this year. We had Josh Wiley, uh, but it just, it speaks to what, what Luke Fickle built there. Coach Fick's done a great job um, and hopefully they keep it going. Um, it's, it's, it's been a, you know, I started scouting there in the early two thousands when Brian Kelly was building it and then Butch Jones came in and, uh, you know, but Fick took it to a different level. So, yeah, tons of talent there. And it's, it's uh, you know, that that Cincinnati high school football, the whole state of Ohio, um, it makes sense that there's players there because that's a, that's a great high school football state. So um, hopefully they can keep it rolling. Where can football fans find more information about the Senior Bowl and then over on social media? Yeah, mostly on Twitter. Uh, it's kind of where we live. Uh, Senior Bowl, Twitter, at Senior Bowl, and then, then my personal Twitter stuff. So we... We, uh, yeah, like I said, we try to post a couple times a day with players um, through the summer. And then uh, once we get into the fall, I mean, I, I think the favorite thing of most people, guys in football even, you know, GMs and guys that don't get on the road a lot, the Saturday afternoons uh, in the fall when we have scouts all over the country and we're posting those videos from uh, field level um, and posting all the scouting reports on those guys. If you're, if you're really a draft nut, um, I think that's the best stuff we do is uh, bring you up close down on the field and let those, let you see those guys move around and, and see their body type. So, you know, uh, but we are, we're doing it year round. So we'd love for, for people to hop on and give us a follow. Jim Nagy, thank you so much again. I know you're extremely busy, but love talking senior bowl with you. Thanks, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me on guys. If we don't talk, have a great, have a great rest of your summer. Okay. This is it's always game day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. Thank you so much to Jim Nagy. Always enjoy talking Senior Bowl guys with him. But we're moving over to the mailbag. Double header mailbag day over on Twitter. Make sure you're following along. Bengals underscore Sands. You can follow me at Ellen Diaz Patterson. Mike, we're going to go ahead and get to them right now. We actually have quite a few. And honestly, they're all over the place. So we're going to go ahead and get to UK Cincinnati fan. Would a fullback help reduce the pass protection concerns we have with Mixon and Brown in the backfield? Cool question. Um, so they're not going to get a real fullback. 
I think that is just where we where we are. There, we've seen Zach Taylor loves eleven personnel, and if he does anything else, it's twelve personnel, and they're going to use the tight end sometimes like a fullback. One thing I find interesting about this, it's a little bit. I love the idea. They're also mm-hmm. so shotgun based that you know fullback is not always useful in that scenario, but you still get to fullback type runs by moving your tight end off of the ball. So you can still run ISO. They run ISO. You might not think of it like the old school straight ahead ISO play, but the tight end wraps around and he leads to the linebacker running back follows him gap blocking up front to try to split the C. Uh, So they run ISO. They uh, also will get to split zone. They'll get to, counter uh some power all these different things that you think of with eye formation uh jim trestle ohio state type stuff but they do it with a tight end rather than with a fullback and the tight ends just basically playing h back fullback whatever he's your guy that's going to go wherever he can go left or right he can go straight through the middle but you asked about the pass protection uk wincinnati fan if that is your real name (laughs) uh Great question, because they've gotten to this a little bit more in 2021 than 2022. And that's when it first happened. And I think teams made some adjustments and that's just how everything goes. And they might go back to it. But the Ravens with Wink Martindale love to blitz. And how did they torch that blitz? They moved CJ Uzama next to the quarterback with Samaj P. Ryan on the other side to a split gun look, a two back gun set. No threat of a run play. They're not really running anything here. And they just had both of them pick up blitzers because the way Wink wanted to attack was to overload a side. And if you're tight end, even if he's off the ball, he really can't get over there. We saw that's how Brock Purdy got hurt. They trusted the tight end. I believe it was uh, Bengals legend. Um, I can't think of his name. Tyler Croft. Thank you. Yeah, he couldn't get over there in time. So how do you? kill that concern you move the tight end back and next to the quarterback further over so now you can't really overload a side because they're gonna be able to pick that up uh they can move left or they can move right they're both smart they're both uh able to scan things and i think irv smith actually kind of fullback sized a little bit in terms of height because he's what six two uh you know (laughs) he's more like lorenzo neal's height than he is uh Legend. Rob Gronkowski, <laughs> Bengals legend, naming them all. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you don't get to the traditional fullback that you might think of, but if your tight end is pretty good in pass protection, can pick up blitzes, even if he's not great in pass protection, like CJ Uzama, you, I don't think you would confuse him for a George Kittle, but he was solid and actually I would say pretty good at that role. And Samaj P. Ryan was one of the best pass protecting running backs in the league. Now, the running back part of it, no idea. And you probably need to keep a running back for the most part um, in this formation. I mean, I guess you could go two tight ends, no running back. But your tight end is now no longer really a passing threat, but he works to do a better job in pass protection. That's all a counter. Oh, man, this is a long answer, but I love the question. So uh, long answer. (laughs) But that's a counter mostly to blitzes because you don't want to waste guys in the backfield in the modern NFL when teams aren't going to blitz you. Now, maybe you just want to deter a team from blitzing. That's also an answer is if you get in that formation, they may just auto check, like call it off. Like this is going to get picked up. Then we're going to get picked off. Uh, Not the quarterback. The defense is going to get uh, torn apart 
trying to play single coverage with the blitz picked up against T Higgins, Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd. That is the one thing I would say about the Bengals is do you need five in the pattern? <laughs> you know, you've got three guys that are all pretty dominant. Uh, but love the question. It's usually an answer to blitzes. I don't know if it's an answer to like what certain teams have tried to do to the Bengals and what teams may try to do in the future to the Bengals. Thinking of creepers, four man pressures where they drop a defensive lineman out into the uh, zone coverage and they rush like a nickel corner or a safety instead and try to bring it that way. Usually you just need one running back for that pickup. You don't need the uh, fullback tight end as well, but it is an answer that I think they have in their tool belt. And I, I'm not going to be surprised if Irv Smith or Drew Sample, Drew Sample might be the choice, uh, lines up in the backfield to help pass protect against, uh, I don't know, they don't play the Giants this year. But Brian Flores is in Minnesota. What does Brian Flores love to do? He loves sending pressure. So if you see it against the Vikings late in the year, I said it in June that it may happen. <laughs> Thursday night football game. It's going to get moved to Thursday night football. <laughs> yeah, the flex. The Minnesota Vikings on prime time. Uh, the the T in TBD stands for Thursday. <laughs> Be determined. UK Cincinnati was a two parter, and we are. Oh. I promise we're going to get to other things. But this you know is UK Cincinnati segment. <laughs> but you know what? Fullbacks are people too. Uh, I'm a big fan of fullbacks because of Tim Riggins on Friday Night Lights was one of the OGs, really good. And Lorenzo O'Neal, he is a legend uh, in Bengals stripes. But we will move on. If you could take one fullback from another NFL team right now, and honestly, if you want to go past, you can do that too. Who would you take? Uh, that one to me is kind of easy because there's one clear great fullback in the league right now in Kyle Juszczyk. Like. Mm -hmm. He's a guy that you can line up outside and have him run routes too. So he's a modern fullback. He's not just love CJ Ham, the Hamburglar, but that guy, <laughs> Vikings fans always post his like go ball highlights when he catches like one of those every <laughs> couple of years. But uh, you're probably not really going to plan to throw him the ball very often. Uh, but Kyle, you check, you could. So that would be the easy choice. Although, man, Lorenzo Neal was awesome. Brought him up already, but that would be uh, the main guy to come back. I agree with that. We're going to go to Ben Paris because Paul Daner Jr., I was listening to him talk about, oh, yeah, our producer, Nick, I'm going to get to his his uh, comment right now. He is a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, so I can't believe we didn't bring up one of the Watt brothers. The third yeah, Watt I mean, brother. It's the third Watt brother, right? Yeah, that is the third Watt brother. But is is he fighting Connor Hayward for the fullback spot right now? Which, <laughs> which nepotism fullback wins? <laughs> We, we talk about everything on this podcast. And um, if you want any fullback or if you have any fullback questions, make sure you, you send them in over on Twitter next Thursday for the double mailbag. We'll move to Ben Paris. He says, I got to know what everyone's idea of Irv Smith potential will be. I'm high on him because he's athletic. He can catch. And also Joey B will throw him the ball. But what about the experts? The experts and Mike, what do you think about Irv Smith? I like Irv Smith. I wrote a whole article about him. Uh, I think he's very athletic. He's often been injured, which I think has been the real concern. He's actually has, he's got good hands when he's open, but he's not a good contested catch guy, which is very not tight end like and very not Hayden Hurst like because Hayden Hurst was good at those. He's better after the catch than Hayden Hurst, but Hayden Hurst was more of the jump ball, throw it up, seam ball runner type stuff. I think you could test defenses deep better with Irv Smith, but um, 
Yeah, I'm I'm high, but I don't know how high I am. Like I I don't expect like an 800 yard, 10 touchdown season from him. I expect him to definitely keep the passing game functional. I expect him to play pretty well. I expect him probably to play himself into a pretty good contract next year. Is basically my thought, and it's probably not with the Bengals. He's a little bit small, but he's he's a great blocker in space. It's so much like he's good at this and not so great at this. And it's almost like he's really good at things that, you know, tight ends aren't always typically good at. And then the traditional tight end things is like, yeah, he's, he's not the best at that. So yards after catch being a really good athlete, much better athlete than he tested. I know some people posted the RAS score. It's like, guys, he does not move like a 40 percentile athlete. We can, we could throw away RAS scores at least like what, two years into a guy's NFL career. We've got NFL tape now. We don't need to use that. Um, but blocking defensive linemen, not great at it. And But he can do a great job. Linebackers, corners, safeties. Uh, and then making contested catches, not great. But he could stretch a defense and he can run some – he's got some good uh, smooth – swerving Irvin underneath type stuff. So I like him a lot. I think he's really interesting and I'm wondering what the usage will be because Hayden Hurst wasn't the best at blocking defensive linemen either. And they just kept asking him to do it. And he, he wasn't succeeding. The tight end blocking in the run game for the Bengals last year was not great. So can Irv be an improvement there? I actually think it's possible, even though I mentioned he's not the best at defensive lineman blocking. He has some natural leverage because he's a little bit shorter, so he has that going for him. Uh, but yeah, I like Irv. I, I, th- I think I'm a little bit higher on him than some people are. At least some people I see. Where are you on Irv? I will say this: uh, I was listening to Paul Daner Jr. and Jay Morrison's podcast, and they were talking about the OTA camp or OTA day from this past Tuesday. And one of the things that he brought up was he was really impressed with Irv, Irv Smith Jr. Uh, with, with the connection with Joe Burrow. And he said one of them, Joe, was a little off on nerve, which is a little surprising. But, hey, these guys, it's their first time really over the last month or two working together. So, um, you know, getting that experience over their offseason program has been really nice for the two. But just Paul, he had some really good things to say about Irv Smith Jr. And I think if he can stay healthy, um, you're right, he's going to get himself a contract. And Joe Burrow knows how to get these tight ends paid. So that would be really cool to see. And I agree. I doubt it will be in Cincinnati. We are going to move on to Mike Freak. He says, after the first half of the season, they seem to figure out how to lessen the amounts of Joe's batted balls at the line, right? Or am I crazy? Well, there was the TJ Watt interception. I think batted balls are a lot of luck. (laughs) Really, that's some of what it comes down to. But I do think they didn't keep the passing game so short. And this is why I don't know if there's a question about this because I haven't looked too carefully. This is why I don't I don't think the RPO thing is going to be ginormous for the Bengals next year. I don't think that's where it's going Um, because those batted balls early on were terrible for them. And I mean, what's a way to stop an RPO is batting the ball. These are usually short throws. So uh, you're not working down the field too often in the NFL RPO system. College, sure. Those guys are running eight yards. The offensive line's eight yards downfield. Then the quarterback decides to throw it. The NFL, they won't let you get away with it. You could try. I mean, no harm. <laughs> well, five-yard penalty, but <laughs> no real harm. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think it's a huge RPO thing going forward. I think they are going to continue to work 
I think with the better offensive line, hopefully, the they can work the intermediate middle of the field, intermediate outside of the field better, and you're not going to get those batted as often because the trajectory is higher. The short stuff is that stuff that gets batted. So when you're quick, when you're playing a lot of quick game because you're an empty and you can't trust your offensive line, those balls get batted. Defensive linemen get their hands up. When you're not playing quick game all the time, they're going to want to. What's a defensive lineman really want to do? They want to sack the quarterback. They want to hit the quarterback. They don't want to stand there and bat the ball down other than TJ Watt, I guess. Scarred. Uh, but I also think some of the batted balls ended up in much worse spots early in the year than they did in, in the second half. And that's also luck. So a lot of this is just variance to me. Like, I, I don't have the data. Data? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I don't have that. So I, I'm not 100% sure, but I think that we remember a lot of those early batted balls because they turned into interceptions and uh, things like that. I think they were probably happening a little bit more often as the team moved more to having a true run game from shotgun and having a real down the field threat going on, even though teams were playing too high. I remember these were huge issues early on in the year. So then they switched things up and that caused less batted balls. They still got batted from time to time. It's just they weren't all turning into interceptions like it felt like early in the year. I feel like week two, I don't remember if there was a batted ball for an interception or not. Maybe it was week somewhere in the first four weeks, there was a batted ball for an interception. And I'm an, and I just remember going, we can't catch a break. Like anytime a ball is batted, it's going for an interception. The one, I mean, it, it scars me, but it's crazy because it really felt like that was the game that turned things around when they played the Steelers the second time. It was that batted ball with TJ Y. It, it just, it, yeah, well, right. I felt batted. It was great. It was, it was great by TJ I mean, he did a great Stupid. job getting it. But that was the one where I mean, I felt like this season. I'm like, okay, they're for real. Like they're coming back this season. They're they're doing their thing. But then that happened, and I was like, what? That was so strange. Uh, but yeah, TJ Watt. I mean, I, he if you could pick, and and I'm gonna get to you know more of your Twitter questions as we move on to our next segment. But if if I could pick one player from the AFC North teams, if I could get TJ Watt over on the Cincinnati Bengals, sign me up. Ooh. I mean, TJ Watt versus Miles Garrett would just be like, a yes, send either. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, we'll go ahead and get them, get, get them over. I mean, you can join us. There's there's too many Watts on their team already. Come over and join the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> uh, but we'll go ahead and get to more of your questions next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Appreciate your questions. I want to go ahead and get to another one right now because it was kind of the news over on social media yesterday before the Reds game, the Bengals social media. Joe Burrow was hitting bombs at BP yesterday, four of them. Jacob Holton says, what position would he play in baseball? Ooh. I mean, the obvious answer would be quarterback is your first one because he throws the football. But if he's hitting bombs especially with the new DH thing. That's that's that stuck, right? Everybody has a DH now? I Don't know so. baseball. <laughs> you think so? Do the Reds have a DH? I know Alec okay. Cruz is really Luke great and he's really fun, but uh, for baseball uh, rules, going to have to go to someone else. I'll go to, it's always game day in Cincinnati, which is not 
Red's game day. Nope, nope. Uh, the hype is real, though. <laughs> anyway, um, so my second thought is, well, if he's going to hit dingers and you don't want him at pitcher, probably like shortstop third base. Make the long-ish throw. Probably as he's got quick release for shortstop, be able to pick it up, throw it type thing. So I'll go shortstop, even though he's probably a little bit big for that. Maybe I'll go third base because he, he, no, he's not short the short stop i think they're usually a little bit shorter i think people forget that joe burrow is really tall he's like 6'4 220 yeah he's, he's a very tall guy that's um, really I, outfield size i just want him throwing the ball more often so he's a superstar so i think he would be at first base i feel that, like it just it's all there he doesn't throw the ball baseman. enough you know, he doesn't have to throw the ball. He's just there. He's the first baseman. What about catcher? He could probably gun people. No, 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 no. I'll tell you why he, he won't be the catcher. Tyler Stevenson is one of my favorite players on the team. And oh, we're doing for the Reds specifically. Yes, for the Reds. No, no, no. Just in general, position wise for Joe Burrow. Oh, okay. The reason number one why I don't want him, I wouldn't want him to be the catcher because Tyler Stevenson was getting injured when he was, when he was playing the catcher position. And I think he's one of the one of their fun players. Um, obviously, a lot of youth this past season on the roster. So you can point to a lot of different guys. But I really enjoyed Tyler Stevenson on this roster. And he gets he gets injured a little bit as a catcher. And you're you're physical, you're making plays all the time, and and you you want Joe Burrow to stay healthy on your baseball team. So I would I say Joe Burrow is first baseman. Yeah, I don't think I could stay in that squatted position for more than like two innings. Yeah. 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 So I'm gonna be completely honest with you. When Joe was uh taking batting practice, I just thought to myself, please do not hit Joe with the baseball. Please do not hit Joe with the baseball. <laughs> Because it's been, you just want this normal off season. You want everything to go just fine. And I just thought, please. I mean, is he is the warm up pitcher trying to paint ninety seven high and tight? Back off know. my plate. People are lying if they're listening right now, and they're and they didn't have that thought when Joe was taking batting practice. Just get out. Just don't don't get hurt. Just don't get hurt. Just hit the ball. That's fine and everything, but just don't get hurt. Um, so that was kind of my my mindset when Joe was hitting home runs, and everybody was really excited about it. And I'm glad he did. It was really fun to see, and um, I'm I'm glad Joe's an NFL player. I didn't even know this, but they said that I want to say it was before high school or maybe early on in high school. He decided, hey, he was a good baseball player, and he's like, I want to I want to practice. Um, football and basketball. I love those two sports. I'm going to focus on those. So Joe can do it all. And right now he's quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. Got a couple of these. I'm going to move on to it. Darian. And uh, I saw this a few, a few of your Twitter questions. I appreciate you guys sending them along. Obviously we have to talk running backs. Are the Bengals going to sign a certain running back that was just released by the Minnesota Vikings and cut Joe Mixon? Oh goodness. No, probably not. Does Dalvin Cook want to come to Cincinnati for cheap? I, My second question would be what – I Dalvin Cook's the better player. Yes. If I'm signing a guy, I'm probably signing Zeke between those two. And I know that sounds outrageous, but it's just because what does Dalvin Cook really bring you compared to Joe Mixon? Maybe slightly better running, a little bit more athleticism. He can't pass block. <laughs> he can catch – similar to Mixon. Um, but you, you have the issue. Like what, what do I like at the, when I look at the running back room, I don't think, Oh man, they need a better runner. Cause I, I think Mixon's still a good runner. And if he's not a good runner, they just draft a guy in chase Brown. That might be, 
what they're missing is a pass protection guy, and they didn't really replace that. We're hoping it's Travion Williams, but when I look at that, I kind of just think, okay, if I'm going to sign a guy to complete the running back room, it's probably the guy that can pass protect and Zeke, not the guy that can run slightly better than Mixon. If we all are in this running backs don't matter nonsense stuff, then <laughs> – you know, partial nonsense. I think running backs matter. They just, you know, the, the value that people are arguing all the time. Uh, why would you try to get more expensive at the running back room? I feel like there's almost no way that you sign Dalvin Cook and it's cheaper this year, even if you cut Mixon, because doesn't Mixon carry – what's the dead cap on that? I thought it was like $6 million, but maybe now that we're post-June 1st, it won't be. I, I can't say for certain. So maybe you could get a tiny bit cheaper if you cut Mixon. To me, I like I still like the idea of Mixon takes a pay cut. You bring in Zeke, and that is a wombo combo uh, for the same price that Mixon was going to be paid. I don't think that Mixon and Cook would mesh that well if I'm thinking of trying to add both, but that wasn't the question. No, and that and that's not what I would think if if that would that would happen in Cincinnati. I, I kind of want to bring up two things. The Cincinnati Bengals front office is a little different than social media, than people's reaction on social media when a player gets cut, than other NFL teams. I do not see the Cincinnati Bengals, who were pretty quiet on the running back situation for most of the offseason until recently when Zach Taylor talked about it, and it really just feels like, yeah, Joe Mixon is going to be their running back number one on the roster, that they, they're not one of those organizations that will say, oh, Dalvin's available. Goodbye, Joe Mixon. Uh, we're going to sign Dalvin. See you later. Good luck. It just doesn't feel like they would run that way with Joe Mixon. I get it's a business. It just really feels like, hey, yep, we've made the decision. Joe's going to be running back number one. And I, I still like that Zeke conversation. Maybe adding Zeke as a RB2 slash three with uh, Chase Brown in the mix, too. And obviously learning his rookie year. We don't. We just don't know what Travion Williams is going to look like, too. Uh, but, it, yeah, it's been pretty quiet on the Zeke front. I just I, maybe he's trying to get starter money somewhere else, but you see yeah, a guy if like it's Dalvin starter money. The Bengals probably aren't interested either. Yeah, I just I don't see I don't see Dalvin and Joe Mixon on the same roster uh, because of the price tag, oh. and I also just I don't see the Bengals cutting Joe Mixon and saying, "All right, let's sign Dalvin for, for like probably, a, yeah, yeah, like a ten percent upgrade maybe in the run game." And that's if there's a lot of Vikings talk that, you know, the reason he got cut isn't just the contract. It's that he regressed, but we don't know that because we don't watch the Vikings. Actually, I have a soft spot for Dalvin cook. If everybody would go back to week one of 2020, getting that ball, getting that ball towards the, towards the, when I thought the game was over, I thought the Vikings, you know what, they're going down the field. They're going to kick the game winner games over. And the Bengals were able to catch a break. I didn't see the video reviews at the game. Some people said maybe it wasn't, you know, a turnover or anything like that, but uh, that was soft spot for Dalvin cook for that game. And uh, that made for a really exciting season. We'll go ahead and go to uh bullet smasher one chances that, Jamar breaks the single season receiving record, makes the Hall of Fame. Wow, that was a loaded question. We'll just start with the single season record and, and you know, pretty much the records with Jamar Chase. If you could tell me right now, I'm adding to your question a little bit right now, but if you could tell me right now, what's your guess on Jamar's yards for the season? Ooh, full 17 game season. I will say 1550 yards and 12 touchdowns. That's if he plays every game. I'm going to go 17-7. Seven. 
Wow, seventeen's high. <laughs> but I'm into it. Uh, I love it. I just He's think they have too many weapons. Say he wants I, think, to do it too, I think I think they have too many weapons, though. You know, like if Higgins and Boyd are healthy too, and they all push for a thousand, you usually don't see seventeen hundred, twelve hundred, and a thousand or something like that. It's usually, so I'm more like fifteen, but. Who knows? Maybe he does. <laughs> it's just, uh, I'm the dude, uh, which I also love. Yeah, I don't think, as the Bengals love wide receivers, and like when Calvin Johnson set that record, try to name another guy that caught the football on that Lions team, because I don't know yeah. if I could. Nate Burleson? <laughs> oh, that's been a minute. Nate Burleson's on CBS. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> try to if, if you listening can name two other guys that were catching the football that could have been a reggie bush here but i actually don't know if it was uh you can uh take a victory lap because i don't know if i could brandon Pettigrew, which probably got like 300 yards tight end i just remember madden let me add to this and i'm adding to your twitter questions i appreciate everybody sending those and we'll get to a few more in a second Speaking of yards, because this is fun and we can just guess and play around and people will forget when the season started that I said this. So I'm saying this. Jamar said, I said 1707. So it's almost in the 1600. It's almost 1600. You know, we're just, we're just rounding a little bit up. He had a, he had a huge game a couple times. Um, so I'll go 17-7. T Higgins going to be healthy the whole entire season. Jamar Chase healthy the whole entire season. Joe Burrow healthy the entire season. What would Joe Burrow throw for if I'm giving Jamar Chase 1707? Uh, if you're giving him 1707, 5,500. And what did Pat have this past year? That's a great question. You know, you ask these questions and it I do. And the things that I should have brought to your attention before we started to record the podcast, but then I just started thinking and I said, you know what? Joe's going to get in the 5Ks and I just, I don't know. I, I, I 5250 I, and he led the league. So I may be high. <laughs> 55 probably Joe, too high. <laughs> if Joe does that, Joe's winning the MVP. I'll just go ahead and say yeah, right now. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm already winding back the 5,500. Let's let's put it at 5,200 and maybe he could lead the league. That's with could Jamar Chase going 1,700. So then what's T. Higgins doing? I mean, if Jamar is pushing 1,700, I think T does a little bit lower than I think. So like in my scenario, in my mind, he was going for like 13. But in this scenario, maybe more like 12 because you're getting more chase stuff in there. I think it'd be very hard for Boyd to push for a thousand if Jamar is going for 1700 something. And I really want Boyd to get a thousand before he leaves. I want him to get a thousand this year before. I mean, it's pretty much is looking more than likely. Hey, I'd love to be wrong. More than likely, probably his last season with the Cincinnati Bengals. But I don't know. It's fun to talk about. We don't know if it's all going to happen, but I'd love to see it. No idea. No idea. The Hall of Fame part of that was interesting to me. Um, And I just think it's too early because if you would have asked me in 2005, is Chad Johnson going to make the Hall of Fame? I go, yeah. (laughs) It would ask me in 2013, is AJ Green going to make the Hall of Fame? I go, yeah. (laughs) If you're asking me right now, will Jamar Chase make it? I go, yeah. (laughs) Okay, maybe you shouldn't have an opinion. (laughs) Maybe maybe we'll take that. We all had such fantastic starts that it just makes you think like, yeah, what are you, as long as, you know, he stays healthy. I yeah I don't want to talk about that. I just, there's there's too many jinx in it. I just want to I want to enjoy this really exciting wide receiver. I will say this, and I and I said it before on the podcast. I've already said it this off season, so it, it isn't a hot take, and it's nothing really crazy. I'm not really um, making any any saying anything that 
you won't see out there on social media, but I do think Jamar Chase is the wide receiver number one in the NFL at the end of the season. I'm into it. I just, uh, there are guys that don't have the competition for targets that he does in Justin Jefferson and who are really good. Although I guess like what Tyreek Hill probably had a ton of yards last year and he has Jalen Waddle and well, that's it, but well, you think what I said was crazy. Tyreek told the media today that he's going for 2K. He's going 2,000. He's and, very um, confident. Tyreek says the craziest stuff in May and June. He also says he's retiring in three years to become a gamer. Which one's more likely? 2,000 yards? <laughs> or he becomes a professional gamer? We need one more battle of Tyreek Hill and Eli Apple. If someone oh would have told me that was going to be the last one that I would be able to see... That's just it's it's unfortunate. I let me let me add this to you. I'm adding a few more questions. Do you think Eli Apple will be on the Bengals roster? No, I think it's too late. I think they replaced him with Sidney Jones. If there's an injury, maybe. I hope there's not. I hope there's not. No, no injuries. But I Kinda just thinks it, it is. I still feel like and and I don't. I feel like he's still a good cornerback. Like well, I'm really solid. He's a starting level corner. Yeah, it's, he's not on another roster right now. Other teams don't like him, and the Bengals replaced him. So my entire offseason, it was like, do you expect Eli Apple back? I just kept going, yeah, who else has taken him? And then the Bengals replaced that position. I was like, ooh. Uh, and, then, and then they drafted a guy, too. It's like, that corner room's pretty tight. It is. Hey, I'll take all the cornerbacks. I'm going to um, end with Eric really quickly. We'll wrap this up, running a little bit longer. He says, I still hear people from other fan bases talk about how cheap our ownership is. What percentage of chance do you think we extend Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins? What would the team have to do personnel-wise to support three players making a hundred plus million? Uh, they have to get cheaper on defense, which they're already making moves to do. Even if it's not purposeful, like they, the, those are just the highest player on their board. They're making moves to get cheap on defense because right now the defense is very expensive. You're gonna need that lessened. Um, when you're looking at, it, you just gotta find cheap contracts in places, and that's like what the Chiefs have done. They they can find those cheap contracts through rookie deals. Uh, they have, you know, Mahomes on his big extension, which looks better and better every year. <laughs> the ten year thing. Mahomes better be holding out by like year seven. Like, come on, I'm I'm not even paid as much as <laughs> Kyler Murray. Uh, I'm not hundred percent sure if that was true or not. But uh close. You know, like he should be making twenty million more than Kyler Murray. Um so you gotta get cheaper. I think I wanna say it's probably under fifty percent all three but my like my the, my heart wants to say there's at least a 50 50 shot they get all three burrow and chase are locks to me un- yep. unless something crazy happens and those guys just they want out like carson palmer did which it's early for that that's a third contract issue <laughs> i don't want to talk about that right now <laughs> that's so far down the line and i don't think it'll actually happen it's mostly a joke. Um, so it's whatever you feel in T. Higgins. Like to me, T. Higgins is a 50-50 right now. And I've felt better about it. I felt worse about it. I feel good about it right now. Like I'm I'm above 50%. So maybe it's over 50% because when I'm talking through this, Burrow Chase, they'll get done. Those are just, if those don't get done, your ownership needs to sell the team. Uh, they'll make that work. That's the pay core thing. That's why they're selling the naming rights to everything. T. Higgins is the one that's the outlier. Do they make it work? We like to think so. We've also had guys in this exact same position. They didn't make it work. So that one is interesting. But to me, all of the coverage has been so positive, which I don't think we saw with Carl Lawson. I don't think we saw that with Jesse Bates. 
there was either nothing or negative coverage and the coverage with T has been positive. So I'm kind of, the only issue really is holding me back is that it's David Mulgetta as the agent. And that part scares you a little bit, but I keep thinking like, I think Higgins will be here for, I think they'll pay all three. Like that's just my gut reaction. I think they pay all three. Hopefully I don't regret that. I'm going to say this because I can, and I'm not saying I'm not saying it with confidence. I'm this is a total guess, so don't take my word for it. Joe Burrow signs his extension on July 31st. T. Higgins signs his on August 9th. Okay, interesting. I think it's going to happen. I feel very confident in. I definitely feel confident in Joe Burrow getting done. But I just like you mentioned, we know who T. Higgins' agent is. We talked about it for for pretty much a whole entire year after Deshaun Watson signed his contract. And when it's quiet, I feel like that's good news. Quite as good news with that agent. And uh, and T. Higgins is there. He was there for the non-mandatory stuff. He, he's been there mm-hmm. for, for quite a while. And I think that's very telling, um, having one of your uh, top core wide receivers there in a contract negotiation offseason is absolutely huge. So total guess. I just feel very confident that um, it'll be the end of July, early August for the big extensions. And then Logan Wilson, I have no clue. But um, you're taking a break. But I've said it before, fans can go check out all of your work, draft recap over on All Bengals. If you could give us kind of an outlook, what you think is going to happen for training camp. Do you have any specials coming up? No, not really. Okay. I, I usually take – I don't really cover training camp too much. James does so much stuff on there for that. <laughs> So there's no room really. <laughs> I'm not in, I'm not in Cincinnati. So I don't, you know, like if I was doing it, they'd be like watching videos and trying to have a take on it, which I, it doesn't yeah. feel great to me. Cause I, I, I personally, I, I don't always care that much. <laughs> Sometimes yeah, I do. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but uh preseason definitely. And I'll probably do a couple articles before the preseason starts. Uh, I know I did a few last year, just, taking a look into some position groups and guys in depth, which I always have fun doing. Perfect. Make sure you go check that out. Uh, plenty online. Also a good Twitter follow Bengals underscore sands. Uh, you can follow me. Not so great at LNDS Patterson. <laughs> and thank you for listening to it's always game day in Cincinnati.